Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Jason Lockenford, CBS Sports NFL Insider. Jason, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing all right. How are you guys? We're doing well, man. Got Randy Cross sitting aside uh, from me. Uh, and, uh, man, you know, I, I really don't know where to start. There's so many storylines in the NFL these days. Of course, you've got the NFL protests that are going on and, and some teams uh, – a little split on that, on how they, they, they move forward. But I want to start on the field. I'm a little concerned about my man Cam Newton. How concerned are they down there in Carolina country? Um, You know, the, the team is taking everything in stride, of course, and taking the long view, and, you know, he missed a lot of time, and it's going to take some time to ramp him up and all that stuff. And, 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 and I get that, but... Uh, yeah, if you're a Carolina Panthers fan or if you're a football fan just sort of, you know, who appreciates Cam's game and, and you're watching this, it, it's a little it's a little tough to watch. Um, he doesn't look like the same guy. He, he's not doing the, the sort of Cam MVP things. But I, I do think there's certainly a legitimate uh, sentiment to be had that, yeah, you know, he had surgery and, and he didn't have a normal offseason. And this is still kind of sort of his his training camp. I think the key will really be, you know, let's give it another week or two. Like, we're we're into October now. Um, We're out of the first quarter of the season. Is he look, does he look like, you know, a a, a spry, um, you know, strong, uh, you know, dominant athlete? Because this is a person we get accustomed to being, Mm. you know, the best athlete on the field. Um, at least for parts of his career, he certainly was on something close to a week-in, week-out basis. So, you know, he gets hit a lot, and the offensive line isn't great, and they've kind of rescaled the offense a little bit and don't do quite as much read-option stuff as they used to. So there's still some things they need to figure out, but um, he doesn't he doesn't look quite the same to me. And I don't know if some of that is it has to do with all the sort of hits and abuse he's taken or if it is just related to trying to come back from from this surgery. Where where does it seem you've seen a lot of a lot of quarterbacks over the last decade or so great young, great into their third and fourth, get to fifth or so and it seems like they get kind of old suddenly. Is that is that traceable back to the amount of hits they take? I mean, that would sort of be the first hunch, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. where you would kind of start looking, well, okay, did something happen? to them physically that altered their throwing motion or altered their decision-making or just altered their overall ability to avoid hits and to make plays. Um, You know, for RG3, it didn't even take, you know, five years, right? I mean, his prime was like a season, you know, and then then it was diminishing returns. You know, Andrew Luck, I think, you know, probably what was about three years before he really started getting, you know, punished to the point of, you know, sitting out weeks on end and broken ribs or, um, you know, significant issues with his shoulder. And obviously the last two years for him have been um, 
kind of lost seasons. I, I guess everyone sort of has their own parabola of how they develop and their own learning curve and mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, it's it's weird that guys would re, you know you wouldn't expect ascending players, guys who've been in MVP discussions, um, guys who have played in the postseason and and thrived. You wouldn't expect them to be sort of declining for reasons other than than health. You know, I mean, usually when quarterbacks get into their prime, that that runs through their thirties, you know, into their into their mid thirties, and then some guys are able to push it into their late thirties, and other guys, you know, seem to start hitting the wall around thirty five, thirty six. I, I certainly think in Cam's case, it, a lot of it is physical, and then does the physical lead to mental? You know, does. Do they change certain things and change the way they play, even maybe subconsciously, just because of what they've been through? Mm. When I watched Jacoby Brissett the other day, I wasn't surprised. This guy's always had talent when he when he was at Florida prior to transferring to NC State, and he showcased it there as well. Uh, of course, the Patriots, uh, they drafted him, and, and, and since he's been traded to, to Indianapolis, are they surprised there in Indy at – how quickly he has commanded this office. I know it's just one game in, in which he went 17 and 24, about 250 and a touch, but the guy seems so calm out there having to learn a new playbook. Are they surprised that he's picked it up so quickly? Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, a, a little bit, a little bit, certainly. And if you go back the week before against Arizona, like, he, he wasn't awful. I mean, he had a couple of, of um, really nice drives there, and, he kept that team in the game. Were they quite as prolific as they would have liked? I, I guess not, but um, the defense kind of wilted in the second half a little bit. I mean, he, he did not play a bad game against Arizona by any stretch, especially considering it was, you know, to your point, B.J., the first time he had played with that with that ball club, and he hadn't only been around those guys for a few weeks in practice and hadn't been in that system, didn't really have any natural ties to those coaches. So, yeah, I, I think he certainly has opened some eyes. And, uh, he again, you could say, well, it's just the Cleveland Browns, but, boy, he was dominant in the first half of that game. In the first half of that game, he goes 9 for 12 for 206 yards, throws for a touchdown, runs for two. Looked like vintage Mike Vick in one of those runs. I mean, the 360 spin move, yeah. and, you know, he kind of had some of that human joystick stuff going on. And, obviously, he can move the pocket. He's difficult to defend. You have to spy him. So, you know, he's going to attract somebody out of the run game or the pass game just to keep an eye on him, which, frankly, you know, the Colts could use because they're not overloaded with talent. I've been impressed by him, and certainly the Colts have been impressed by him. The teammates have been excited by the energy he brings to the huddle and some of the kind of the unpredictability that is now a part of their offense. Um, saw him hook up with, with Hilton on a really big play, um, kind of a busted play, but something that, that those two made happen. Yeah, I mean, the Colts really needed a jolt of something coming out of that debacle in week one against the Rams. They needed a reason to feel good, somebody to inspire a little bit of confidence that, you know, hey, this season isn't lost just because Andrew Luck's probably out for five or six more weeks, and we look like, you know, absolute dog caca in week one. So good for Jacoby, man. Um, You know, I've enjoyed watching him play, and you know, he's someone who looks like he's got a future in this league. I, I don't know that he's destined just to be Andrew Luck's long-term backup. I mean, he may turn him into a trade chip. Yeah. And their young GM, yeah. Chris Ballard, has already showed he's not afraid to make trades. That may be a trade chip for them this offseason that they turn into something a whole lot more than whatever Philip Dorsett becomes for, for the Patriots. You know, looking at the results from this last weekend, Jason, um, are, are the are the Jets – 
that improved from a week-to-week basis, or do the Dolphins really just right now sort of blow? I think I'm going to look at last week. There were some teams that I think were in some some situations that caught up to them, and and you know the Dolphins had that 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 uh, the horrible storm. You know the hurricane come through. Week one got thrown on its ear. You got guys on the bye where they didn't think they would be. Then they all go out to L.A. for a week, and they they really play hard and you know beat the Chargers pretty good and make a statement. But then you got to fly all the way back. And now you got to go to your house, right? And you've got to check on it. And you've got neighbors who have been affected by the storm. And you've got another non-normal work week. And then you've got to travel again that week, and you still haven't played a home game yet. And I think that – and look at the Tampa as well, the other team that went through that, where, you know, Tampa loses week one, everything gets reshuffled. Week two, they beat the snot out of the Bears. But now you kind of get back into the routine and, and – you know, you're still dealing with some things, and you start trying to figure stuff out about, you know, just logistics of, you know, is the school okay, and is this okay, and is that okay, and, you know, the football game kind of sneaks up on you, and the next thing you know, you know, Minnesota's beating the brakes off of them by halftime. So, I don't know that that's a coincidence, guys. You know, I think both those teams were really up for their first game, which got pushed to week two, you know, and then you're you're traveling a little more, you're dealing with some stuff, you're you're going on the road again, and... They they just didn't you know they couldn't put much together either of those teams, um, you know unfortunately for Miami from a travel standpoint, I mean now it's an even screwier week. You're going out to London, and then you're coming back and you still don't get a home game. You got to go to Tennessee, where they can play a little bit of football, and you don't get a home game until week five. So these next two weeks are going to be very interesting for the Dolphins. And I think if you look at Adam Gase's reaction, the young coach there knows it like. They've got to kind of regroup and, and not feel sorry for themselves and figure out a way to navigate what's become an increasingly difficult schedule for them by, by you know, obviously by no doing of their own, but just the natural, the natural disaster coupled with, you know, losing that bye coupled with the early schedule that was already put in front of them that was already, you know, challenging from a travel standpoint. Uh, these, are, these are a big couple of weeks now. Um, so, no, I'm not ready to crown the Jets yet. I will say this, though, look at their schedule. They get Jacksonville this week. Jacksonville just won the Super Bowl in London last week against, you know, against the yeah. Ravens. That was, you know, 44-7. <laughs> that could be a trap game for them. And then the Jets get the Browns. I mean, dare I say oh, it. A trap the game Jets, for the Jags? Dude, they have 44-7, yeah. <laughs> I think so. Coming back, not taking the bye, short week. They probably figure, ah, oh, we got the Jets. Look at that. We just beat the snot out of Baltimore in a foreign country. I'm just saying, and then the Jets get the Browns. I mean, the Jets can. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't want to get too crazy here, but Jets, Jets could be like three and two or something like that. They weren't supposed to win a game. Remember? I I I recall that. Trust me, I've heard it from my, my cohorts here uh, in the studio. Jason Locken for CBS Sports NFL Insider. Uh, speaking of the Dolphins, Lawrence Timmons, uh, he's been reinstated. Can you shed some light on that situation? Yeah, I mean, this was very unusual. Um, this is a guy who, during that uh, impromptu week one uh, bye week, showed up at a Steelers practice where he, he doesn't play for the Steelers anymore. I mean, I, I know he did his entire career, but um, so that was a little odd. He's on the side, you know, he's, he's a current member of another NFL team, and he's in the Steelers building during a practice day talking to coaches and out on the sidelines at practice. and expressing some reservations to Steelers players about the decision he made and saying maybe I never should have left Pittsburgh. 
And then six days later, he's AWOL on the Miami Dolphins. He leaves their team hotel on a Saturday afternoon. No one accounts for him until, you know, 12 to 18 hours later when he's located early, uh, I guess probably about 12, 15 hours later, he's located uh, in California, seemingly on his way back to Pittsburgh. Uh, He was inactive week one. and the Dolphins had a decision to make, like, what are we really going to do here? If, if we continue to make him inactive beyond this week, then, you know, are we just are we going to suspend him for the maximum of four games for conduct detrimental and just move on? Or is this somebody we think we can still sort of, you know, make a reclamation project here and, you know, figure, you know, figure out whatever was going on with him. Uh, maybe it was just an episode. He was having a bad couple of weeks dealing with some issues with, you know, his child in Pittsburgh, and, and, you know, is he somebody we can move on and play football with? And, um, look, had they won week two and, you know, continued to look like a, a team on, on the march, I'm not positive that, you know, Lawrence Timmons would be active this weekend, but they didn't, and, and now they're going to London, and, you know, it's attrition and all hands on deck, and they're comfortable that there won't be any more, you know, sort of uh, strange occurrences, and, and, you know, he's saying all the right things, so they're going to give it a go. But certainly one of the more unusual stories in the league uh, this season, because he's not a guy who had a history of not showing up or sort of, you know, bailing on his team or doing his own thing. That's not who he was for the entirety of his career. And and you just hope that, you know, he he had a bad week and and it's behind him. Hey, uh, Jason, at any time, was it considered by the NFL, given these uh, back-to-back natural disasters that happened and the amount of disruption that was put upon the sports world in general, but the NFL in particular, was it ever considered to postpone or cancel these these London games for some of these teams this year? I mean, or was it just purely a financial grab where the money's there, the commitment's made, uh, and, you know, the, the heck with the travel, the heck with the wear and tear on the people. We, we've got to just stay committed to our things. Well, I mean, look, the Dolphins expressed reservations in light of what happened, and they're the team that's really truly directly affected by it because you know i just i laid it out there they lose week one i mean they right. lose their game week one week one becomes a bye week two you're out in california week three you're playing in in new york city and then week four you're going to london so yeah they asked if there was something that you know Stephen ross expressed some reservations their owner and and and, and suggested the league office that maybe they could massage that game or move that game or just plain play that game in miami since the stadium was okay now and those fans hadn't had a home game yet, and maybe that would be a nice diversion for them. And mm-hmm. boy, his team could could you know they don't need any more frequent flyer miles. You know they're good. We, we'd be fine playing that one at home. And, and they were told that yeah, that's not something that the league you know could could really do at this point. I mean, is it financial? I mean, there are you know as much as the league office is not for profit. Obviously, all these individual teams are, and the overall league is for profit. And those tickets had been sold, and the stadium had been groomed, and they were ready to do this. And you had TV crews that were already going to be over there, and people dedicated to, you know, putting putting that product out there. So it was from the league's perspective, there was sort of no going back at that point. Um, you know, I, if I was if I'm the Dolphins, I'm I'm certainly uh, I'm not in love with that decision. You know, and and we'll see how they sort of handle that because that's sort of one more. I guess little hurdle they have to overcome that's not of their own making, but absolutely from a competitive balance standpoint, from a uh, you know from a just plain lifestyle standpoint, they they very much would have preferred to be playing at home this week. 
the elephant in the room, of course, are the NFL uh, protests. Rashad Matthews, wide receiver at Tennessee. Uh, this young man lost a brother in Afghanistan. His father uh, was uh, in the Marines, longtime Marine. He says he will continue to kneel. Do you have a sense that there will be others that will continue to participate in this form of protest? Absolutely. I, I don't believe that this was a a blip or a moment in time. This is something that's gone from some individuals making sort of their own personal statement, their own, uh, you know, I, I guess th- their own sort of uh, 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 stepping out, right? Their 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 own uh, decision to not be sort of like everybody else, but to be willing to go out on this ledge and. As the climate politically in this country has continued to heat up, and as the president has directly inserted himself in it and basically called these players bluffs and challenged them in sort of his own twisted way to keep doing this, these are, you guys know, these are incredibly competitive men. These are men who come from all different backgrounds, who have who've overcome all sorts of challenges to be able to do what they do for a living. Um, you know, this is the best of the best of the best, and... They have pride, and and they have a competitive nature. And now the leader of the free world is basically calling them out on a global stage. Uh, This feels a lot more like a movement to me than one guy here and then one guy there and then maybe one guy on this roster who are sort of taking a knee. This does seem more galvanized and more unified. And I don't get any sense that the president's backing off because this is kind of what, what he's shown that he does. And therefore, I don't see the political climate ratcheting down. I think it will continue to heat up. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder where this goes for players. I don't know. Um, it's certainly not stopping. You're going to see more guys expressing their constitutional right to free speech and, 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 and you know, uh, protected protest. I don't know if it leads to a political action committee. You know, does it ever become an athlete super PAC where you've got, you know, LeBron and, like, whoever, um, Cam and... and, and you know, athletes from different sports who actually decide that we're all going to galvanize around certain politicians, whether it's at the grassroots level, might be a, a, a state senator here, it might be a senator there or a governor here, might be, um, you know, a, a national politician, somebody in election for, for the next uh, presidency. And, and maybe they really do create their own platform and take this from, you know, the, 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 the expressing your, your rights at the national anthem to actually helping certain politicians get elected who you think are going to make significant changes with, you know, with, in this country with, with racial inequality, yeah. and with social injustice, and with police brutality. I mean, that's sort of where I, I, I get the sense that these guys are ready to go now, and they're looking for ways to direct this as a group, as a collective, beyond just on these Sundays or before an NBA tip-off. And maybe they do get together and make this something that, that becomes a little bigger than their sports. JLC, appreciate it, man. Uh, have a good one, and we'll be watching you Sunday. Sounds good, guys. Thank Thanks, you. Jason. Jason Locking for NFL, CBS Sports NFL Insider. Joining us here on Geo and Jones. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be, I, I think, as I mentioned, Rashad Matthews lost a brother in uh, action over there in Afghanistan. His father, a longtime Marine, and, and he has stated that he's going to continue to kneel, and I think you're going to see others that continue to participate yeah. that, in, in what, that what manner. Percentage, what percentage would you say – because I read the number after Monday night of something like, you know, 300 players through the course of the NFL, through the course of the weekend had knelt. Mm-hmm. Does that sound about right? Yeah. 
So, I, I thought maybe there were more, but uh, that does sound about yeah. right, considering there were only about uh, well, there's uh, 14 four, another, prior. Another, another 1,250 that yeah. didn't. Right. Um, I'd got, got, I, I loved everything Jason was talking about, except for the political action committee. D.C. does not need another political. <laughs> they don't need another PAC in D.C. It's too much money in politics already. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? There's yeah. too much money in it. Yeah, it's our money. Uh, exactly. Damn it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is our money. And we'll have more of that conversation. The Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers in particular, uh, he gets into the action as far as protests and how the fans should interact and participate in what's ongoing on the field currently. We got that and a lot, lot more coming up. But first, here's the truth. Many of you have happily, many of you, excuse me, have simply had it. You struggled with pain long enough and you want what I wanted, 100% drug-free answer to your pain. Yes, of course, I'm talking about relief factor. But really, the big news is that anybody struggling with pain can lower or even eliminate their pain with this wonderful product. My problem was pain in my elbow. I didn't know how to get rid of it. I was just dealing with it. Sometimes you just resign to the fact that, hey, I'm going to be living with pain for the rest of my life. But you don't have to take that tag. All you have to do is get you some relief factor like I did. And you were probably going to be skeptical, but I was skeptical as well. I'm not skeptical anymore. Maybe you'd like to play golf or tennis without pain or take a nice long walk. Or how about sleeping through the night without any pain? Neck, back, shoulder, hip, knee pain can simply be awful. Here's what I suggest. Go to relieffactor.com, order the three-week quick start. It's at a super value of just $19.95, so you can see if it will help you like it helped me. Relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384. That's 800-500-8384. It's Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Believe it or something? Believer? Is that the title of it, Mike V? Are you up on this? Sounds right. I could hum it, but it will not oh, yeah. help too much. It's a good song. I heard it on TV dun, quite a bit. Dun, 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 the Believer dun, dun, or something like that. A fire. It's the same. It's the same riff as that, that fighter song. Okay, which I'm not familiar with. Yeah, but I believe you. Yeah, whatever you say. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, I think I like. My I'm a believer. Version. I'm a fighter. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I believe him. I believe in Brad Heller too. I think because he's going to help. Me win my uh, hey, upset to, pick this week. You're up to I think Keller. That's I good. Think, I think. Yeah, I think he's going to assist in my upset pick since I won last week. Happy to I assist. Texas Tech over Houston. Unfortunately, I didn't win our picks segment because that damn Aaron Taylor got his upset pick as well. So he got me, but I'm going to win yep. it again this week. I'm going to be on the sad, I was a sad second. Behind with you, I was seven and three. Yeah, you tied me. Yeah, yep. you and I were the first losers, and Rick was bringing up the the rear there, but. Anyway, you well, can... for whatever it means, I endorse your upset pick. Well, of course you do. You're I not do. gonna go against you. Alabama. What do you got this week? No. Uh, who? What? Your upset pick? Uh, oh, my upset pick. <laughs> I mean, uh, why not Syracuse? <laughs> why not Syracuse on the road? That's <laughs> hey, any them winning on the road anywhere is an upset. So don't put him on the spot like that. Okay, okay? I'm sorry, <laughs> Brad Heller with another update. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll start with Major League Baseball and the Dodgers locking up home field throughout the NL playoffs. Fly ball well hit to right center field. That one's got a chance, and that one is gone. A three-run home run for Corey Seager. His 21st of the year. Charlie Steiner on the Dodgers radio network. 9-2. to two, Dodgers beat the Padres. Alex Wood going six innings to improve to 16-3. and three. The Cubs' magic number to clinch the Central still at one. They lost the Cardinals 
in St. Louis, 8-7. Brewers beat the Reds 7-6, so Milwaukee 5 back with 5 to play. Brewers are a game and a half out of the final wild card spot behind the Rockies, who shut out the Marlins 6-0. In the American League, the East race isn't over just yet. Swung on and drilled to deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Starlin Castro hit one over the grandstand into the bleachers in left center. Wow. John Sterling on the WFAN Yankees radio network. Yankees beat the Rays in New York 6-1. Red Sox lost to the Blue Jays at Fenway 9-4. So Boston's lead is down to three games as Chris Sale gave up four home runs. The Yankees did it worse to lock up home field for the wild card game. The Twins' magic number to clinch the second wild card spot is one. They rallied to beat the Indians 8-6 to six in Cleveland. Minnesota's won five in a row. One other baseball note, Andrew McCutcheon, his first career grand slam. He also had a three-run homer, had eight RBIs in the Pirates' 10-1 to one drubbing of the Orioles. Week four in the NFL kicks off tomorrow night. Packers and Bears at Lambeau. The Packers are asking fans to join them in linking arms during the national anthem. Giants co-owner John Maris said he's not happy about Odell Beckham Jr.'s touchdown celebration on Sunday in Philly. Maris said the team will deal with the matter internally. The Dolphins have reinstated linebacker Lawrence Timmons. He was suspended after going AWOL on the eve of the season opener. From the NBA, Dwayne Wade expected to clear waivers today. He's reportedly going to join LeBron in Cleveland, a one-year $2.3 million deal, gentlemen. Woo! Taking the pay cut. First you give the Bulls $8 million back, and then you take a little pay cut to, to sign with your buddy. But, hey, when you got that much cake, you can do things like that. Uh, you mentioned, uh, Brad, thank you for your update, but you mentioned Aaron Rodgers, and uh, he shared uh, what the plans were for the Packers as they take on the yeah. Chicago Bears tomorrow night, and they're going to continue to link arms in a show of unity. And Aaron Rodgers suggested that the fans do the same thing. Uh, you think uh, the fans will oblige him? Uh, some, yeah. some will, some will. I mean, it's, it's a much better idea than having fans that, that would sit or would choose not to be in the stands for it or anything else like that. Right. And it was interesting the other night, the Cowboys chose to kneel prior to the national anthem right. and they stood up during the national anthem, of course, which, with which, their arms. Jerry late. was at least consistent with that. Cause Jerry yeah. was the one a week, a week or so earlier that had come out and basically said, you know, you don't you kneel down to in the anthem playing for me. You're gonna mm-hmm. be playing for somebody else, right? Which is uh, there's a couple layers to that. One, Nate Boyer, Hook'em Horns, former Green Beret, uh, played at the University of Texas. Mm-hmm. It was with the Seahawks, and he went down and met with Colin Kaepernick when all this uh, first started. And he suggested to Colin Kaepernick, a Green Beret suggested to Colin Kaepernick that he kneel instead of sit on the bench. So that's where that all started. Mm-hmm. So you have a member of the military that suggested you kneel, and that would be more respectful than sitting during the national anthem. But yet here we are with all this brouhaha about kneeling, yeah. and there are others who have now taken offense, many others that have taken offense to that gesture when it was a member of the military that suggested this from the outset. I mean, how ironic is that? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's... That it came that way, I think it's extremely ironic. Um, yeah, I it, my opinion is my opinion as far as there's time and place, and mm-hmm. that's not the the time nor the place uh, for that. But you know, if you're going to consider it and you're going to do it, and for the most impact, yeah, that's a that's a bang right. for your buck. And and a would you call it, is it such a thing as being semi respectful? 
I mean, I, I'm saying that, that's, right. that's semi. Yeah. Well, but, uh, and, and, but your your goal and your intent is not to disrespect disrespect the the flag or the military. Mm-hmm. Your goal is what you yeah. just stated. The word you just well, used. Whether you to have optimal impact as far as getting your message out there. Right. Well, whether your goal or your impact, whatever those are, have nothing to do with perception around it. I understand for that. A, for a vast right. majority of the people out there. So that's what you have to combat with, you know, and that's, and getting that advice from Boyer, that says, that says something. Like I said yesterday, I mean, I've, I've got a lot of respect for how Colin Kaepernick has followed his thing up. Right. How he handled it, you know, with either the pig socks and all that stuff earlier, that's water under the bridge. But what he's done since then is exemplary right. in that his money, his time, his everything, getting in the community. I would say instead of forming a political action committee, players would look into the whole idea, team up with local police departments, team up going into schools and going into communities and going into shelters and going and, and get in and and help these people sort of rectify lives and rectify problems right on, um, on the ground level yeah, and, and i mentioned yeah. malcolm instead of going to washington dc and throwing money right. at dc because that's that's just an no. empty steaming pile of whatever and that nothing happens up there it doesn't matter if you're a republican or you're a democrat or you're clean or you're dirty or whatever nothing moves happens period do it at the grassroots level. That's where you're going to get the most traction. That's how players should should look at this thing. If they're so inclined, go for it. Do and, it. and I know that's what Doug Baldwin is doing up in Seattle. I yep. know that's what Malcolm Jenkins has done down in Philadelphia. He He's put some action behind uh, his protests, and he's doing the ride-alongs. He's, he's doing it at the grassroots level. There's some Jets that are involved in it and New York Giants players that are also involved in their community. There are a ton of players around the nation who are involved and yeah. always have been it's involved real. in their is, community. All it is is time. It just doesn't get highlighted because we want to see the car wreck, and, and we'd rather generalize about these players and marginalize your these guy, players. Guys like your guy Odell Beckham. Yeah, we'd rather focus on that shiny yeah. object. And what to your point, it may not be the time and place, and we've heard that throughout time, those who have been fighting for or fighting against injustice and, and fighting for racial equality. So my question would be to those who say, okay, this is not the place for it. Do it elsewhere. Are you going to be there in lockstep, arm in arm with me if I protest, uh, protest elsewhere? That would be my question to those who say, don't do it here. I don't mm-hmm. want to see that. I just want to see my game yeah. and get entertained. Okay, fine. I'm going to do it over here. Now, are you going to join me over here? Well, my 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 question would be, and, and I'm curious about seeing, if the league actually decides, you know what, we don't really need this grief. Um, the national anthem is going to happen without the players, as it did for decades. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're just going to have to find some other way to express this what that develops into and hopefully it's a positive energy that they can turn into the right the right way of doing it what's a proper form of protesting the way you want to the 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 social change you want to see happen if you don't have that venue i mean what's option b in this besides the national anthem true well uh you and i are in agreement there but i also as i stated last night on inside college football 
I hate that this has morphed into a conversation about deriding or disparaging the military because that wasn't the intent, and not yeah. one player has said anything negative about the NFL, uh, the, uh, the national anthem, nor the military. Many of them but BJ, come from BJ, military. Perception, perception is reality. I got you, but it's, I it's also got think to, it's got nothing to do with people intent. want that to be their reality because they want to hide behind well, the flag. They want to hide behind the military because they don't believe in the cause. At times, yes. In some cases, absolutely. And if anybody out there that says the president wasn't sort of speaking to his audience down in Alabama the other mm-hmm. day, they're out of their minds. Right. You know, that's exactly what that he was. That was a dog whistle to them, yes. What, that's exactly what he was yep. doing. Yep. But, you know, it does, just because something like that happens doesn't mean everyone has to react in kind, and it, and it makes everybody associated with that is, is X. You know, you're a racist. You're no. you're you're a white supremacist. You're a this. You're a that. You know, you're not. You. I, I'm just going to check. You're not a member of Black Lives Matter, are you? Uh, I advocate for them. You yeah. believe. You believe. Yeah, I believe absolute, in what they're fighting for. I'm just saying. Yeah. You, you're not a card carrying whatever. Yeah. You know, so that doesn't make you just because you make a comment like that. I would just say, oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, you care. Right. You're directly affected. Yeah. You've got skin in the game, as they may say. Right. You know. Um, I don't know. I, I I just think we go from zero to sixty nowadays. I would agree with that. And I think that yeah. is that is born of the social media idea and the fact that everything goes from um, what's up with you to f you in nanoseconds, right? Instead of having an educated conversation, sifting through all the BS and yeah. getting to the the crux of the problem and trying to iron out our differences. And come to a resolution. Yeah. Like like this thing. We're not going to be able to kneel for the national anthem because we won't be out there for the national anthem. That should be a, a the first Tuesday or the first off day conversation for the teams. Okay. Well, how are we going to affect something that would really make a difference? Where are we going to channel right. this into? That's how you that's how you really affect change. This this doesn't all this does is piss people off on both sides of it. There you have it. Uh, more of this conversation and D Wade hooking back up with his buddy in a Cavaliers uniform, <laughs> LeBron. Will we get another press conference? Not one, not two, no, not three, not four, none of that. We're done with that, right? Um, they got the two together. Maybe we'll might, see if they can get. Might be working on three. Let's see if they can get one more. All that and a lot, lot more coming up on Gio and Jones. Keep up with the latest on the show on Twitter at Gio and Jones. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Welcome back to the show, Gio and Jones, CBS Sports Radio. Randy Cross sitting in for Gio one more morning. And we had some NBA news yesterday. We had all kinds of news. I mean, it's been great for us. And, oh, yeah. And this is not February. Uh, that's uh, obvious because everything is happening right about now. And, of course, Dwayne Wade, we were discussing, he's going to join the, the Cavaliers. And then you got the the baby making news in the NBA as we get back into the uh, page six type of stuff with the, the Kardashians and – and, and Tristan Thompson, and they're expecting their first child. And, mm. and, and, and then this was so incredible. Speaking of gummy bears, a new member of the New York Knicks, a guy who was a, just an incredible basketball player during his collegiate career, 
and that has never been that way he played at, at Kansas State hasn't translated to being an excellent pro at the NBA level and Michael Beasley, but he has such a bizarre oh, conversation yeah. with uh, our former colleague at CBS Sports Network, Taylor Rook, who's now at SNY, has been there for a couple years and does a phenomenal job. Uh, Beasley was just, this was, I, I didn't know, bizarre maybe too, maybe an understatement. I believe when you're around some of the old, the old dogs, of journalism, of the hippie culture, and yeah. all that. Guys like Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> that was stream of consciousness, is what you witnessed from Beasley right, yesterday. Right. And uh, we got a couple of cuts from uh, from Mr. Beasley and, and Miss Rook. Uh, sit, sit a spell. You're going to enjoy this. You can research the human brain and da da da, right? Okay. It says that the hint, like, we are only capable of using 10% of our brain right yes. you believe that no it's yeah that's yeah did you about to say it's true i'm saying that's what people oh. say that that is that so, is the consensus, so it's scientifically. The consensus scientifically so who was the guy that used 11 that made it okay to say everybody's just using 10 that isn't the right logic. No, 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 no. The same person who uses 10% of your brain is the one that just, said 10%. No, because if you're only using 10% of your brain, you don't even know that you're using 10% of your brain. Like, like, he knew it was 10% of your brain he? based on your brain. Who you don't have he? to be using 11% to know someone else. He's saying, wow. I'm 10%, you're 10%, like, everyone's 10%. That, that is not that, mathematically that, no, correct. That is not, like, someone had to. But you have to have been using 10, more than 10% of your brain yes. to know that everyone else uses 10? Yes, because if you're only using 10% of something, that means you don't know the rest of the 90. You yeah, don't know the rest of the 90. Yeah, you're no. right. So... I'm right. Perfect. I'm not using any percentage of my brain right now after listening to that. No, well, you actually you lose percentages yeah. listening to stuff like that. That's um, what's known as red bud, red bud logic. There you go. Right. <laughs> I'm on that good cushion alcohol. <laughs> but he wasn't done. So if I'm only using 10, right, I'm the first person in the world, right? Say I'm Adam. And I wrote that we can only use 10% of our brains. That means I would have to surpass the number no, 10. No, okay, let me break this down for you. You can See, break it down. I'm saying You're I'm, wrong. A, I'm a doctor. I yes. am looking at a brain. No, let a me doctor, finish. Listen, listen, let listen. Me listen. Finish. I get what you're saying. A doctor yes. has to learn something. And everything a doctor learns is man-written. And everything a doctor okay. learns is man-written. So... You can sit there and tell me you learned it, and yes, I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. But it was a word that somebody else concocted. No, that's to, not what I'm saying. No, no, Your argument was that the person that said 10% used more, and I'm no, saying no, that no, is no, not no, the truth. You're still hung up on my example. We're still stuck on the N-word. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to bring it all together. What? Whew. I, I, I'm still trying to figure out. No, I'm not. I gave up trying to figure out what he was trying to convey there. And, and and Taylor, I hope she's she's okay after having to sit there and try to make sense of Michael from, Beasley. How do you go from a scientific theory that humans use ten percent of their capability, their mental capabilities, to that? 
it's a stretch. I have no idea. That's I'm not going to sit I, here I, and, and hurt what little synapses <laughs> I, I have remaining trying to figure it out. Okay, uh, the, I, that cat. Well, the next hour we can uh, we we can talk about a, another thing in the news that happened with the whole thing around CTE. We, we definitely are going to do that, and you're the perfect and person no, to and talk I'm about. Nominating Michael Beasley for the first test. Yeah. <laughs> We need to know right now. He was dropped on his head yeah. as a child. Do any of these biomarkers exist <laughs> in Michael Beasley? You are correct. And I'm glad you brought that up because, mm. as I was saying, you're the perfect person to discuss this with. You have done mountains and mountains of research around this topic. And you also announced on our show, or you announced uh, after you had announced it publicly, you came on our show and talked about the fact that you're going to donate uh, your, your brain uh, for research. And uh, so uh, the the revelations that were uh, announced yesterday seem promising still yeah. at the very early stages yeah. of this, but very promising. So I am definitely anxious to get your thoughts on, on what we learned from Boston University. They've been at the forefront of, of, of trying to figure out uh, this whole CTE, the triggers and the markers and, and, and what leads to uh, this debilitating uh, conditioning uh, condition. So, but 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 Michael Beasley, yeah, he he should definitely yeah. uh, get on that that train or bus and, and head up to Boston don't, immediately. Don't confuse ailment with stupid. Yeah, <laughs> some people have a legitimate disease they can they can right. they can blame it on. <laughs> yeah, that was just I, I was bewildered uh, sitting there uh, listening to that. So was he. I, I'm gonna have to text Miss Taylor make sure she's all right. She was able to. Uh, to survive uh, that onslaught of nonsense that uh, that he was uh, purveying there. Interesting. But uh, more talk about CTE and, and some promising research that was announced uh, yesterday. And, and a little bit more college football to talk about. Our buddy Rick Neuheisel is going to uh, join he, he us. He's going to sing again, is and, he? And for, for PDB, a little wrestling news. A little Ric Flair in the news. Mm-hmm. All that and a lot more coming up on Gio and Jones. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.